Welcome to the Rap Race to Five podcast, where we discuss money, mindset, real estate investing, and ways to achieve financial independence. Whether you are a rookie or a veteran needing new ideas for investing or creating side hustles, you're in the right place. Here to challenge you to think out of the box, your hosts, Felipe Mejia and Diego Corzo. Diego, what's up, dude? Super excited to have one of our Rat Race to Five members on here today. Anton is going to talk about how he went from a W-2 job, even though he's still working, to building two six-figure incomes in his first year in real estate. It's ridiculous. Yeah, man. It is super excited because he started with us from the beginning and just hearing mm-hmm. his story coming here at the age of, of, of 11 from Russia uh, mm-hmm. to what he's doing now, MBA, but still hustling out there on the real estate business. I'm excited to hear his story. Yeah, absolutely. Super excited to get started. Uh, I think what most people need to get out of this um, this particular one is going to be that like he took action where a lot of people might have been scared. It seems like he was just like, yes, he knew that there was going to be some challenges, but what's most important is that he took action. And that's the most crucial part aside from him just betting on himself. So let's just get right into it. Anton, welcome to the show, bro. What's up, Diego? What's up, Anton? Thank you so much, guys, for coming on the Rat Race to Five podcast. Anton, thank you for your time, bro. Seriously. Thank you so much, guys. It's an honor to be here, and I'm really, really excited. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, sir. Yeah, definitely. Felipe, I'm very excited to to have Anton on, on the call today, too, because we connected, I, I believe it was just through, through IG, uh, and uh, and now you are part of Rad Race. You've been hustling. You've been doing the wholesaling, getting virtual assistance. So I'm very excited to hear your story. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to hear Anton's story as well. Like you said, he he came into this circle just Rat Race, right? He was like, he's just going to be in a paid mastermind, and we're going to steal all his money, and we were going to give him no value. <laughs> Isn't that what people think when they're like, I want to get into a mastermind? Uh, but Anton. I know, right? Tell us your story, bro. Who you are, uh, where where you were raised, where are you from, um, and then lead us all the way up into how you found Rat Race. Awesome. So my name is Anton. I'm originally from Russia, and I moved to the United States when I was 11 years old. Lived in Arizona until I was about 23, and then I moved to Miami, Florida. When as soon as I finished college, then I've been here in Miami for the last 11 years. So I'm 34 years old now. I've been uh, with Rat Race for a little bit less than a year, um, joined last November, and that's when things really, really, really changed. Mm. Uh, before Rat Race, I was really climbing the corporate ladder. I got my MBA. I thought I was going to be one of vice presidents of the company that I'm working for. And then after the pandemic hit, which I think, like our good friend Naaman says, pandemic uh, made a lot of millionaires, he thinks, um, things really, really changed. I had a lot of free time on my hands because I wasn't traveling as much. And that's when I decided to connect with Felipe, who I literally saw on Instagram live, doing a live in Daytona, Florida. And I hit mm. him up saying, hey, you're, you're about four hours away from me. Why don't you come down to Miami? And he started talking about rat race. And the rest is history. I called him up right after the, uh, the, the live and joined the rat race the next day. Actually, the same night, I think you guys had a call that night. And Felipe mm-hmm. was like, I'm just going to go ahead and let you sit in that call. So I remember that because he sent me your email and be like, hey, this guy may want in. Here's a call. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> so and here you are. What, 
A- Anton, what what gave you that motivation to want to get into rat race, especially during like a pandemic time, like where for most and, and including ourselves, even as investors, like money was getting tight. Why did you decide to invest in yourself at that point? Like, I feel like that would be the worst time that you would want to spend money on yourself. Yeah, I think I had a lot of, to be honest with you, Felipe, I had a lot of free time on my hands at that point. I had money saved up. I knew I wanted to go into real estate. I didn't know where to start. I was like most people in the analysis paralysis stage. I didn't mm-hmm. know if I wanted to buy my property, rent it. I read all the books, listened, uh, listened to all the podcasts. That's actually how I started following you, Felipe, because I heard you on a podcast. And yeah. I really, really liked what you had to say. And I was really, um, the whole real estate um, game, and I wanted to get in it, but I didn't know how. And then I feel mm-hmm, like it was right. a blessing that night. I remember just seeing your Instagram live, and I said, you know what, this is it. Let me just go ahead and and do it. And um, that's probably, I think, the best thing for anybody that's in that analysis paralysis stage mm-hmm. is to get surrounded by people that are doing what you want to be doing or you mm-hmm. would like to be doing. That mm-hmm. gets you out of that stage completely, and it makes you take action on a massive scale. So that's probably what, what was the the whole rat race experience joining that you know, that like-minded group of people really changed the whole perception for me in terms of taking action and going into real estate. Yeah. And that's really cool because when you join a group like that, right, and it can be any mastermind at the end of the day, is if it's a good one, it will raise your level of average, like what you think is the norm. Uh, just because you see everybody there that's taking action, you're like, oh, I'm going to take action too. Like if people are buying properties, I'm going to buy properties. People are wholesaling, I'm going to I'm gonna be wholesaling. Uh, and it becomes the norm to say, hey, I bought a property this month. Uh, where if you go back and you maybe you tell your friends, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Are you sure you want to get to buy a property? You already have a very secure job. Why don't you climb the corporate ladder? It's safe and this and that. So very very happy that you joined um so what how how have you been taking action so far um this year well since 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 you joined rat race right i feel like since i joined i mean this is cool not only about to promote rat race i know i love rat race and i love you guys as much as possible but i feel like after i joined rat race things just started happening because i started mm-hmm. hearing what other people are doing and i thought i was going to go into buy and hold and maybe house hack because that was what everybody was talking about at the time and then i had a conversation with uh your brother diego gonzalo mm-hmm. uh i asked you if he would have a chance to jv on uh, with me on a deal it's because i wanted to get into wholesaling and the reason i wanted to get into wholesaling really is because i i knew this was that was the best way to learn the market or mm-hmm. to learn the whole process is to really uh, jump in the deep end, as you say. And instead of relying on realtors to find you the property, I thought I, w- I was going to go do it on my own. And after having that conversation with Gonzalo, uh, that really changed my whole my whole game plan. I said, you know what? That's it. I'm not even going to focus on on uh, house mm-hmm. hacking. I want to get into wholesaling 100% and see what I can get out of it. Since then, I've done three deals. I've ghosted mm-hmm. about uh, $17,000 in three months okay. in terms nice. of the actual wholesaling uh, process. Cool. I hired two virtual assistants that have helped me out tremendously. And we'll get into that. I hope in this podcast, because yeah. that's a, that's a game changer when you, when you bring other people on board to help you do what maybe you don't really 
like to do or want to do and mm -hmm. really focus on the core uh, of, of the business. As they say, yeah. work on your business, not in your business. So building those systems that Gonzalo really pointed out for me. Yeah. Uh, really, really helped now, and changed the whole let thing. Me, let me jump in there real quick. So you joined Rat Race. You got to meet Diego. And then from there, you got to meet Gonzalo, who's now made you not. I don't want to say Gonzalo made you, but those two relationships has now netted you uh, 17 grand. Right. So a, a couple hundred dollar investments in a mastermind has now netted you thousands of dollars in a business. You say you've only hired two VAs, but I know that's a lie because you've hired like 50 VAs for other people too. So tell us a little bit about the virtual assistant business that you've started. Awesome. So yeah, so that's a, that's another area that I didn't plan to get into, but I kind of happened automatically. As soon as I started uh, working with virtual assistants, I became uh, getting deals and uh, doing those, those deals that I already mentioned. Um, I started talking about virtual assistants in the mastermind group and telling other people that I'm using virtual assistants to help me with finding deals off market. And that's when I started getting a lot of text messages by members of the rat race group asking me if I could help them out with mm -hmm. finding virtual Specifically assistants. Specifically me. Specifically Felipe. <laughs> <laughs> you were one of the first. You were one of the first. Yeah. Taking action. And that was great. And that was great because you, you contacted me and you said, hey, Anton, how much I got to pay you for this? I'm like, no, 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 Felipe, you know what? You already gave me so much value with this rat race thing. I just, I just want to go ahead and help you out as much as I can. And yep. that gave me another motivation to, to say, okay, this is, this is something interesting. So I found you the but two virtual assistants. I, I, I want, I want to pause the story there for one second. I know people are eager to listen to it, but okay. You did that for me where you were like, Hey, Felipe, I'm going to give these to you for free. I was willing to pay, but I want everyone who's listening to this part. When you have nothing of, I don't want to say like, when you feel like you have nothing of value to give someone that's on a level that you want to get to sometimes doing something for free is valued more than money because at the end of this story, Anton's going to talk about how we partnered in this business and now he's making, you know, money on top of money because he didn't charge me for a VA. Now I'm not saying like, Oh, he did it for free, but subconsciously for me, I'm like, dang it. Now I got to find a way to reciprocate that value 10 times. I don't want to be the guy that got a free VA. I, I'm not going to be that guy. But that's just a mindset of mine. So go ahead, Anton. We'll talk about we'll talk about the rest of it in a minute. That is one hundred percent true, Felipe. Um, a lot of times, even uh, giving a gift to somebody is something that kind of just makes that. And I don't say that people should do that just ex to expect something back. I honestly didn't expect anything back from you. I was just really grateful for what I was going through and making these deals and making this money and being part of this group. Uh, but now that it happened, it kind of grew into something completely, completely different. So yeah, so I, I found those two VAs for you for free. And then I had other members of, uh, Brat race contact me and say, Hey, can you help me out? And I said, of course I could, but at the same time, um, after finding the, the virtual assistance for you, I realized that, you know, sometimes you have to be compensated for your time. You shouldn't be doing things for everybody for free. So, um, and as long as you bring value, as long as you already proved yourself that you mm -hmm. can do it for somebody else you can bring value and uh, help that person out. So um, I started doing that. And uh, then Felipe and I connected shortly after that. And he, he basically brought me on and said, Hey, listen, I have this idea. Why don't we go ahead and build this team of virtual assistants that way that then we can go ahead and um, train and uh, allow other people's people to go ahead and hire them from us and uh, use them to 
to help them find off-market deals. And today we got about 17 on uh, staff virtual assistants that work for us full-time. And we have about 20 clients. I believe we started, correct me if I'm wrong, Diego Felipe, about a month ago. Yeah, about a month ago. And, and this is this just has been blowing up into something um, yeah. great because uh, it is definitely bringing value to people that are um, that are hiring these virtual assistants. We are making sure that they're trained and uh, doing yeah. what they're supposed to be doing. So, yeah. And what's what's good about a VA is that maybe people that do have a full time job, if they're working a nine to five, they can actually be able to still get work done, still bring in leads by hiring a virtual assistant um, to forward them so that they can have some warm leads so that after work or during their lunchtime, they can just call them and they're good to go, right? And and I feel like leveraging that part uh, definitely allows people to have the opportunity to make more deals happen, especially on the, on the wholesaling part. So, so um, really quick, Diego. I want to backtrack though real quick where Anton said two things really, really, really good. So one, he said basically that he was like, uh, he was just giving these virtual assistants away. And what I was telling Anton was like, why don't we make this into a quality controlled business? Because you're going to give that person a VA. And if that VA doesn't produce, then they're going to fire them. And then they're going to ask you for another one. And now you've just created more work for yourself. Other than if we hire the VAs, we train them, we have quality and or we can we can create a quality and control for them to make sure that we have the best of the best. And then if you listen to the last podcast where Diego interviewed me, me and Diego are business partners. I asked Diego to come in with me on this business and help me create the systems and processes alongside Anton where we could have the right like network of VAs and then us as leaders to then pr create and produce a, a very um you know, action-based product for people that are looking for virtual assistants that can cold call. And Anton had the knowledge of how to get them. Diego had processes and procedures. Uh, and I was good at sales and getting the information out there. So we created a good business together. And it all started by Anton offering a basically a free service to me with the VA. And I don't even think I use those VAs anymore. We've now transitioned those into other people that need them uh, because we have so many people that are wanting cold caller VAs. So uh, all that to say, it's it's Anton surrounding himself with the right people that can further his ideas, you know, past where he might just be thinking. Um, so super, super proud of that part in, in regards to uh, what Anton brought to the table, for sure. Yeah. And Anton, for anybody, for example, that's trying to get uh, a VA, uh, what do you think are qualities that a VA should have, especially if you're going to be hiring a cold caller? things you got to be looking at uh number one and most important of course is their english knowledge how well they speak over the phone how well they speak to you during the interview mm -hmm. um so that's so there's basically three characteristics that we look for whenever we interview and bring on a va first of all an above average knowledge of the english language because you can train most virtual assistants to use your script to do the things that you need to that they need to be doing, but their English is very, very important. Number two is their energy. They have to bring the, the right energy to the table. They have to be um, an action taker and really excited to be part of this team. And then their number three is to um, really just, just have that um, 
experience, I want to say. I don't want to say that, I, again, I, I can say you can train them, but you, you should have a little bit of, of an experience of either being a cold caller or taking outbound calls of some sort. It doesn't have to be related to real estate, but it could be related mm-hmm. to customer service or technical assistance of actually communicating with people over the phone rather than just sitting behind a desk and doing mundane tasks. So again, their knowledge of language, their energy and their, their enthusiasm. And number three, experience. Experience is something that is important, but I put it as a third because again, you can train them and really uh, work with them to develop those skills over time. Yeah. Cool. That's dope. I like that. I like that. So Anton, let's bring it back to real estate. Where are you at with real estate right now? Um, what's what are like, how many doors do you have? But like, what is your plan and what is your goal going forward this year in regards to real estate? Awesome. So I've been focusing most of my time on wholesaling. I did do a flip, which I wasn't expecting to do. And I, I do want to talk about this flip because it was an yeah. off market deal that I was going to wholesale. Uh, it was not one of the ones that I, that I wholesaled, but I was going to wholesale it. It's a property that is close to Miami, Florida. It's not in Miami, Florida, but it's about an hour north from here. And I brought it on as a wholesale deal. I was going to wholesale. So if we talk numbers, we can go into numbers if you guys like a little bit. Yeah, for I, sure. I got it under Diego contract. Numbers. <laughs> <laughs> we can definitely do that. Uh, I got it under contract for 115. I was going to go ahead and wholesale it for 120. I met with a few realtors in the area, and that's where they said that's probably going to be the price that I could go ahead and wholesale it because of the amount of work that the property needed. Um, it needed substantial amount of work. There was mold in the property. They there was. Uh, um, problems with electrical system. Um, but the good thing is that the house was built in, in 1999, so it wasn't too old. It had a brand new roof, so that was good. Uh, but the whole inside would pretty much have, have to be updated. So put it on a contract for 115, was gonna wholesale it for 120, was sitting there one day uh, with my girlfriend actually, and she, and she, and she was, was talking about this property and she actually told me, why don't we do it? Why don't we do something like this? And I kind of kind of threw me off guard because I wasn't even expecting or planning it. But then again, after thinking about it, I said, why not? So I had to actually call the owner of the property that I said that I was going to go ahead and wholesale it cash. And sometimes this is for wholesalers out there or for people that are looking for their own deals. Um, don't be afraid to renegotiate not only the price, but also the conditions of the contract that you guys have the property under um, because the property owners are motivated to get them sold. So I actually had to call him and say, listen, the cash fire fell through. I couldn't find your cash buyer, but would you mind if I go ahead and take this property on myself? It would have to go through a conventional loan process, which will go through appraisal and inspection. Would you be okay with that? Honestly, I was expecting him to say no, but because of the price that I locked the property under. But at the same time, he said yes. He actually just, without even asking me any questions, he said, yes, that's fine, not a problem. So I took the property through a conventional loan process, locked it in a 115. Um, and in terms of the breakup, I put about 15,000 into it. And the reason is, is because I did most of the work myself. Mm-hmm. I want to give a shout out to uh, Belen, the builder or on Instagram. She kind of motivated me to do a few things because I really wanted to learn it. I, I knew when I started to bring contractors in, I started getting bids and it, those bids really threw me off of, because of how much uh, they wanted for, for, the, for the amount of work. So I said, you know what, mm-hmm. I'm just going to wrap up, uh, wrap my sleeves up and, and go at it myself. I did. I wouldn't recommend it for for every part of, uh, <laughs> yeah. property. I probably would not do it again. It was probably yeah. one of those things that 
took a lot of time and energy out of you. And unless you know what you're doing, like Belen does, it's mm-hmm. really, really difficult. And um, yeah, one thing I would not probably do again. So I put yeah. 15 into it. That was probably the reason uh, because I was doing most of the work myself. And with closing costs of about $10,000, I put it in, in the market. It took me about three months from the day of the time that I told them that I was going to do conventional to the whole closing and rehab. It took me about three months to do. And I actually had to go for a work trip to Russia. And I knew I had to be done by then. So you, you have to have your why, your motivation. And I, I remember working crazy hours trying to get this thing done. And we got it done. We put it on the market right before I, w- I went I went to Russia. I came back from Russia and I was uh, told by my realtor that somebody did accept or uh, send an offer in for 220000 Wow. So, oh. so, yeah. So That's a good one, man. So what was that? One, What's the numbers on that one? Yeah. Now I'm interested. So about for 115, <laughs> we have about 15000 Closing costs of about ten, so I'm all in about hundred and forty thousand dollars into this property. Mm-hmm. Sold it for two hundred and twenty, so I'm making about eighty thousand dollars profit. After everything's said and done, that's dude, nice. that's freaking awesome. That is this awesome. is your first flip. First flip. First flip. Is it closed? That, it's closing this week, guys. That's why I'm oh, so excited. Uh, <laughs> oh man. man, dude, congratulations! So party, party in Miami, Anton. A boat party in Miami, guys. Boat party. Oh, oh, man. All right. Yo, that's hey. dope. I'll see you not this weekend, but maybe next weekend. <laughs> so, so, so hold on. Let me get this straight. You started a wholesale company because you joined Rat Race and heard a story of Diego's brother. And now your company is going to do gross 100000 this year by this weekend because of this flip. That's freaking Jeez. awesome. Dude, that's Six, so good. I, I didn't even know about this. Dude. <laughs> you got goosebumps. <laughs> you saying it's, that gives me goosebumps, man. I'm serious. It's it's interesting though, because I think a lot of times people focus more on getting a six-figure salary versus banking on themselves to start a six-figure company, like Anton did. So he spent a couple hundred dollars to join a mastermind. I'm gonna do a timeline here. He spent a couple hundred dollars a month to start a, to get into a mastermind. And then he went on a retreat. Gonzalo Diego brothers met them, used that knowledge, leveraged that to start a wholesaling company, as well as a virtual assistant cold caller company in his, uh, in his, in his wholesaling business, we'll do six figures. I would be surprised if we don't do six figures in the virtual assistant company. So two of those now by betting a couple hundred dollars a month on himself. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That is the power of surrounding yourself with people that are doing what you want to do. And then from there, like the last thing I'll say about this, Diego, and then I'll pass, I'll pass you on the mic is like Anton uh, is smart because he got himself around someone doing what he wants to be doing, not someone teaching what he wants to be doing. And that's the difference I think between like a guru and like a leader with what, what we do with rat race, like a guru can say, yeah, I can teach you how to do that. I have done it before. We are like, we are like, I'm also wholesaling, right? So like Anton is like, okay, we bounce ideas off of each other. So you want to surround yourself with people that are actively doing what you're doing, not someone who's I've done it in the past. Exactly. No. And Anton too, for you, um, you mentioned that you did reach out to my brother and to take it back to one of your first deals, you mentioned the word JV, 
right? Uh, I bet you that you probably didn't go with the idea in mind to be like, hey, I'm going to reach out to Gonzalo and I'm going to JV a deal. You just reached out to him to basically, hey, I want to learn a little bit more about wholesaling. Uh, but can you explain what JV means uh, when you wholesale a deal? Sure. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, I honestly reached out to Gonzalo and I said, uh, let's do a JV, but I was going to go ahead and give him all the, all the assignment fees that I was going to make on the deal just for, for learning or getting the knowledge that he was going to provide to me. And uh, cool. he, to be honest with you, refused that. He just said, I'm going to give you a couple hours of my time and then you can ask me whatever you like and that, that would be it. And I'll be able to help you as much as I can going forward. But uh, the, the question about JV and wholesaling, that's that's a practice that is uh, used a lot in wholesaling business. And what it stands for, for joint venture type of deal where one party brings on a deal while another party brings on a buyer for that deal. And then they go in and partner up uh, in, in the middle and split the profits, whichever way you guys agree on splitting those profits from the assignment fee. So it's a very, very common practice because a lot of people are great at finding deals. A lot of people have great uh, cash buyers that they can bring on board. So I, I highly recommend that to anybody starting in wholesaling and if, or doing wholesaling actively. I think it's a very great good strategy to use because um, you can really leverage yourself and your efforts and your time by using uh, other people. Actually, we did a JB deal afterwards with your brother, Diego. Mm -hmm. And we split the assignment fee process uh, profits where I brought the deal on board and they brought the buyer. And it was a... Everyone has done deals with your brother, Diego, except me. Jesus. <laughs> Dude, yeah. you got you, you to gotta do it, Felipe. I got to get paid. But here's another perfect example of Anton bringing value to somebody. And in return, Anton still made money. And earlier he said he would have done it for free just for the knowledge, which... This is the people that are successful in real estate. And I think just in life, like, I just want to add value to someone who is valuable to me. Oh, put that on a shirt, right? Like Anton's like, I'm going to bring value to this guy. He is valuable to me. And in return, now he's done a deal with him. And I'm sure he can do many more deals now with this guy. So it's, it's just kind of like that taking action when you don't have, like some people are like, I don't have money. That's fine. Bring me a deal, right? And like Anton, that's what he's doing at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So Anton, what happens now, right? Uh, you were in a regular W2 job. You joined Rat Race to Fi. You got all these connections. You're building multiple six-figure companies. Um, you're going to start seeing those play out year after year now as you continue to scale. But what does the rest of this year, 2021, look like for Anton? So for the rest of this year, I have a goal of um, closing on five more properties that I do want to go ahead and close and hopefully bring a couple doors that I can say that I'm renting out and having on my own because all, all the deals that I've done so far have either been flips or wholesale deals. So mm -hmm. I haven't really closed on any deals that I would uh, say I, this, this is how many doors I have, which is something that I would like to change and would like to work on and, and bring more, bring doors to my name as I grow, move forward. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, guys, just, learning as much as I can, growing as much as I can, connecting with as many people as I can. Um, right now, as of today, I have three deals under contract that I'm wholesaling and I'm trying to find buyers for. And this weekend, actually, um, I've done my first auction deal where I actually visited a live auction, which I 
recommend for people in your area to look into because a lot of people want to hear auctions uh, or live auctions. They get a little bit nervous or scared uh, of, of what they are, but it was an amazing experience where I was able to go and look at a property, make a bid on it. I actually was the highest bidder. And honestly, oh, cool. guys, it was, it was, it was a really great experience and let's see where it's going to lead me. Um, but definitely expanding in terms of how many doors I'm going to have by the end of this year, Felipe, focusing on my virtual assistance business that I'm doing with you guys and really growing my wholesale business as well. There's a lot of things that are happening, but, um, yeah. Can you, can you share a little bit about the auction part? Cause yeah, I was going to ask the same thing. Yeah. I'm really interested on that. I don't, I don't have much knowledge on that at all. So go ahead, Anton. Great. So there was a live auction that I saw in the, in the city that I did my flip in, which I said, it's about an hour away. And the way I found it was from through Zillow. You will find some auction houses on Zillow. Hmm. Um, usually how these work is there's a specific date and time that these auctions are held at a property. And this specific one gave you access to the property 30 minutes before the actual process starts. When you get there, you fill out a form. They give you your auction number card that you can hold up and make a bid with. But you get like in the movies to, where they where they do the thing, where they pick up the stick? <laughs> pretty much. You're just standing outside this house with 20 other people. And you have these other investors that are there. Nobody really talks. I tried talking to some people, but I, I could tell that most people were very, very reserved. Exactly. Um, it's It was a little bit different process than what you usually expect when you go look at a property. Um, yeah. But but people come with checks and uh, cashier checks. I actually learned that you don't really have to do that because even if you're the highest bidder and you are the winner, which I was, and I, I got to experience it from the very beginning to the end, you can actually bring that check as long as it's in within the next hour or so to their office. Uh, there's an office usually of the company that holds an auction that day and you can bring that check to them. The okay. check was supposed to be for 10% of the, of the purchase price. And that 10% is actually called the buyer's premium. For those of you that don't know that that 10% actually goes to the auction company. So for example, if you bid on a property, $50,000, your final, price would be 55, 10% of 55. Now 5,000 would go to the auction company and the 50,000 would go actually to the owner of the property. So mm -hmm. if you if you are at these auctions, uh, make sure you you understand that. Make sure that whatever you bid, you're gonna pay 10% 10, 10 over that for, as a buyer's premium. And that's one of the things that I didn't know. You have 30 days to close. So this is not like court, mm -hmm. um, how do they call it, Felipe, help me out. At the court steps. Um, court steps, thank you. Court this steps. is not a, yep. exactly. This is not a court steps auction where somebody went through a foreclosure. This is just somebody who wants to auction up their their, 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 their properties or their portfolio. To like the highest bidder or whatever, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Now, where did you hear about this? Sorry, I don't know if I missed that part. It said Zillow, right? On Zillow. I just Zillow. found a property on Zillow. It's at auction. And then I read the <clears throat> description. This time you of day. You learn something every day. Exactly. Wow. So. I didn't know that. So what are the numbers on that property? What is your yeah. exit strategy? There's a few exit strategies. So um, I could flip it. It's, it's a rent ready property. So I could nice. either just go ahead and rent it out to somebody at about 600 probably dollars a month. So I'm still doing that 1% over my purchase price. Um, I could either flip it. I could put 
maybe a couple thousand dollars into it, do a nice paint job, replace the old, the really cheap carpet with some nice flooring and flip it. Um, or I could wholesale it. Your auction contracts are actually assignable. And what that means mm. is you can actually assign that contract as a wholesaler to another investor. So I Wait, can actually so you don't actually have to buy it? That contract's assignable? That contract is fully assignable, Felipe, yes. Get the, what? I was I'm learning. Yeah, and it's ten percent. You that's don't even have dope. to buy. Yeah, that's really cool. How much is the property? Fifty thousand dollars. So I put it on the contract for fifty thousand. The ARV in that area, I did rent some members before going out there. I could probably sell it for seventy thousand. So even if uh -huh. I just do a quick flip, I would probably have to again like change the floors, maybe put in five thousand. Let's just to round up the numbers, five thousand into it, and make my uh, fifteen grand on it, or I could rent it out and mm. just start collecting checks or wholesale it. So there's different options. I'm still looking into what I'm going to be doing because it just happened this Saturday. Yeah. Interesting. That's cool. Would you, have you considered using the money that you're making from your flip to get this property? Like it does the cash flow make sense for you? I have. Yeah. And that's probably one of the things that I would be doing I, mm -hmm. if I don't wholesale it. I would think so. Yeah, because of these auction auctions, you would have to bring the full purchase price within 30 days. Do they so ask would, for I, the proof of funds? No, man, this is crazy. I'm learning too. I'm I've like, never, I've never heard of this at all. See, Diego, if you weren't a realtor, maybe you would have the time to go do these things. Oh, for yourself. Shut no, up, just Felipe. Anton, <laughs> <laughs> Anton, this is great, dude. I didn't know this. Diego, we should have Anton come speak at Rat Race on a Wednesday on just auctions. Because people would probably like that option. That'd be interesting to definitely hear about that. Anton, wow, thanks. That's that's rockstar. I, I can't wait to follow up and hear what happens with this deal. That's exciting. Yeah, man. That's cool. That's cool. So you have that one. Uh, I want to hear, I want to, um, so you did a deal in, um, in Jacksonville. And I want to hear that story because it's something that you learned. And uh, can, can you share about that deal? The one where the title company had some issues with, with the money that they were going to send to you and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So that was often an interesting one. So that was one of my first wholesale deals where um, I, I brought the deal. And I was, that was one of the JV deals that I was going to do with your brother. At the end, we didn't end up JVing on that specific deal because I did, was able to find a buyer before they were able to. So I actually signed a JV contract with them, which whenever you do a JV deal, going back to JV, I highly recommend that you do put something in writing between the people that you're working with, as long mm -hmm. as you have a, a reputable buyer and as long as you have a reputable uh, contract with a property, put, put something in writing saying, this is gonna be the split between these two people that are doing this deal. So we actually did that and both of us signed. And while they were looking for a buyer, I was able to find somebody else. And I was going to go ahead and honor it and say, listen, whatever you need me to do in terms of my uh, assignment fee or my portion of the assignment fee that I'm going to go ahead and uh, make on this, I'm, I'm more than happy just to go ahead and split with you. And Gonzalo was nice enough to say, no, don't worry about it. Go ahead and do this deal. We can just go ahead and back out of this JV contract and we'll be fine. So um, that's what happened. And um, the buyer chose the title company that they were going to use, which usually happens. A cash buyer usually chooses a title company that they're going to use for a wholesale deal. So that was, that was all fine. And then 
um, in the paperwork, when I was, when I was sending the paperwork to the title company, I got really, really excited. And again, whenever you do these first wholesale deals, it is a very, very exciting process mm-hmm. because it all happens really fast. Once you get a property in the contract and a buyer, everything just kind of happens really, really quick in the next two weeks, I would say. And, um, in, in that, in that, uh, contract assignment of contract that I sent to the buyer to sign, I put my assignment fee as part of the of the breakdown that they were going to go ahead and pay me. The title company, I don't know how, I'm not even going to try to understand how, but the title company took that assignment fee as part of the closing costs that I was supposed to pay on my side. So somehow they put my assignment fee as part of the oh. closing costs that the buyer was supposed to bring, I guess because you have the clo- the uh, the seller closing costs and buyer closing costs. And they took this assignment mm-hmm. fee as part of my closing costs. I honestly think they didn't have too much experience dealing with wholesalers. That's one thing I would recommend for any wholesaler out there. Whenever mm-hmm. you are doing a wholesale deal before you send any paperwork into the title company, call them up and make sure they understand how the process works, that this is an assignment of contract, that there's an assignment fee that you're going to have to make at the end of this contract. And, um, everybody's on the same page. I didn't do that. I just put everything in writing, sent it to mm. them. They came back as a, um, before closing, they sent me the closing statement. I honestly, guys, I'm going to take the, the responsibility on myself and overlooked it that they put that $2,500, my, uh, my assignment fee into the closing fee, uh, of the contract. And, um, I just said, okay, I, again, excitement fills your, your veins, you got your first couple of deals and you overlooked it. Long story short, after the deal closes, I don't get any money out of the deal because that's how everything was on the breakdown. So oh, um, I be- I got nervous at the same time. I said, you know what, that is my, my responsibility. I will take it. But at the same time, I'm not just going to let it go. I started calling the title company, talking to them, explaining to them, explaining. The thing that really, really helped me is my assignment of contract really made sense. They never really questioned it. They, sh- they should have. They didn't. They just assumed that it was part of the closing cost. I don't know how. Don't even ask. Me. So uh, that document really saved me. And they actually sent me a check for my assignment fee that Ooh. they put part of the closing cost. Yeah. There you go. So, so this is a perfect example of Anton's why right? Like it's okay to take responsibility for your mistakes and like, no, you're not going to get that money. Okay. But that's fine. I get your answer, but I want to know why. And because of Anton's why he dug into it a little more and he was able now to get his assignment fee. He took responsibility for his mistake, followed up and still got his assignment fee. I think that's an awesome story of perseverance. Yeah. For real. For real. Good job on that one, because I remember you called me and you were like, hey, I'm dealing with this. What can I do? And yeah, yeah, so very happy that you were able to save it. For sure. Absolutely. Anton, man, thank you for your time. As we wrap this up, brother, uh, is there anything that you would want to tell the listeners that are going to listen to this podcast about your story so far? I know you have so much more to go and you have so many more goals that you want to crush. You're doing a great job so far. Sheesh. I wish I would have been at this position when I first started mine, right? It took me a while to get the ball rolling. Is there anything that you would want to tell those who are just getting started into uh, real estate investing? Yeah, the biggest thing, like I said in the beginning of the, of the podcast is 
a lot of us are in this stage of analysis paralysis and we get into the stage so deep sometimes that it's hard to get out of it because we just want to listen to all the books, listen, listen to all the podcasts, being afraid of taking action just because you hear so many stories of people losing on real estate deals out there. If you are in that position, guys, the best way to get out of it or the best way to, to get yourself out of that hole is get around other people that are doing what you that you want to be doing. Like Felipe said, don't get around a guru that's going to start telling you about different uh, different strategies out there or read more books. Just get around other people that are doing what you want to be doing and you're really going to change your whole perception about um, everything. You will, mm-hmm. you will see yourself taking so much more action without even needing that motivation that, that you needed before. And um, finally, just... Just take action. No matter no matter what it is, I was so afraid of that first deal that uh, that I did the flip, guys. When I heard about the mold and people started telling me about those uh, scary stories about mold problems, how you can go into twenty, forty thousand dollar repairs when it comes to mold, I got really really scared. And it got to a point where I said, you know what? Whatever happens, happens. If I lose, I lose. If I win, I win. Mm-hmm. Now I I know I'm on the other side and I can talk about this great profit that I'm making over the split, but I didn't know that when, uh, when I put it on the contract and I was really, really scared. I mean, whenever you yeah. do your first flip or anything, so take action, no matter what happens, guys, it's going to be really, uh, it's going to be okay in the end. So. Yeah. I, uh, if, if I ever run into mold problems, just cut it out and put new. <laughs> yeah. No, right. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> Man, that's why he's not going to be a realtor. That's why I can't be a realtor. That's why I'm a wholesaler. <laughs> no. Yeah, stick to wholesale. Uh, no, Anton, uh, what I was going to say, it's, it's, it's really good because at the end of the day, everybody has that fear, right, of taking action. But is if the courage, if you have more courage than the fear, then you know that you're, that you're going to be able to execute. But a lot of people have less courage and more fear. So I'm very happy that you were able to get over that. Uh, and take action. Absolutely. Anton, like I said, brother, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for spending um, some of your workday today here with the Rat Race to Five podcast. We really appreciate you, man. Um, On to the next one. Thanks, Anton. Thank you, Anton. The Rat Race to Five podcast, where we discuss money, mindset, real estate investing, and ways to achieve financial independence. Whether you are a rookie or a veteran needing new ideas for investing or creating side hustles, you're in the right place.